You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 95. And today, we're breaking down how changing your mindset could change your health, and specifically, how to use your mind to lose weight and live happy. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. And today, we're uncovering the mindset. Yes, we're taking a deep dive into how our emotions and how our thoughts are impacting our biology and kind of starting to answer, could our thoughts be impacting our weight and our results? I can't wait to dive into this show. I've learned so much doing some research behind the scenes to give you all of the upcoming research and information that I can find on the mindset. But here's the thing about the mind, it's incredibly complex and so intricate that research is coming out every day. So I feel like we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg on this one where it's just an overwhelming amount of information and specifics and intricacies that we may never know. But there is a basic, solid foundation that we can all stand on when it comes to our mindset. And I'm gonna start to piece that together a little bit today. It follows the previous two shows that we've had in our mindset series, which I hope you're loving, by the way. The first episode, all on choice. As you're gonna find, these are all kind of interwoven together and you just keep layering them on. Last week, we had that expert on who started the process of digging into how our biology is affected by our emotions and our mindsets and the power that really has. And today, we're gonna take it a little bit further as well as uncover the five action steps you could take today to create a healthier mind. So I'm so excited. Make sure that you head on over to the show notes as well to get all the information on today's show, all the links, books, anything that I talk about, as well as some extra added information that you can get your hands on over there. Again, the show notes are at simplerithwellness.com backslash 094. And while you're there, there's two things that you should do. One is sign up for my email list because it's there that I share my most vulnerable self. We get to know each other a little bit better and you get to join this tribe of like-minded people who are on a mission to just live healthier and find more joy in the process. So just head on over there, enter your name and your email address and you'll get weekly updates from me as well as those weekly challenges that we're doing here all throughout summer. The second thing that I ask you to do while you're over there is just hit Simports Wellness backslash review to leave a rating and review on the podcast. These mean the world to me. I ask you all the time. I'll probably never stop asking because this is how other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about Simports Radio find and like the show just like you and to join this tribe. So again, you're not just helping me, you're helping other people. And that's really what matters here. So thank you so much for doing that. Literally takes five minutes. You only have to do it once. Head on over to simperitswellness.com backslash review or find me on iTunes at Simperitz Radio. Okay, now let's get right to the show. So last week, we, we really learned a ton from Dr. Cooper on how our emotions are affecting our mindset. And I don't know if you're just as fascinated with this topic as I am, but I've realized that there's so much power to this. And I know I'm going to talk about this a lot, but you know, as I've studied nutrition and as I've studied health, there's so much emphasis on our diet and on how we exercise. But here's the thing that I've learned and why I really wanted to dive into the mindset component is this, is that we can eat really healthy or we can eat really poor, but what we eat 
is not as important as how we metabolize and how we break down the foods that we actually eat and absorb them into the body. Because what I've learned in my own life is that you can eat a really healthy diet and still be malnourished. I learned this on my blood work through other things is that my body wasn't breaking down and absorbing the proper nutrients. Could it have been due to my mind? I think partially there's definitely a component there. Other things as well. But it goes to show is that it's not always just about how we're eating and how we're exercising. There's so many more complexities when it comes to health than just that. And that's actually a really small piece of the puzzle. Where we're getting into bigger pieces of the puzzle is our mindset. Because again, our mindset's gonna control how our body breaks down food, how it's absorbed in the body, and how it's used. I mean, really important things. The same with exercise, is that our body can convert that into really healthy and nourishing things, or it can be this massive excess stress that your body can't handle. So how do we know, and how do we gauge, and how do we make these things that we're doing better and right and well with our body? it really comes back to having a healthy mindset. I'm really believing that we'll never achieve lasting health without a healthy mindset. In fact, some great and leading researchers of of this day believe our body is only as healthy as our mind. And again, that just shows the power. So today we're gonna break down what our mindset does, how our mindset is affecting our health, and ways to fix it. So I just wanna lead with a research study because I'm gonna intertwine some of these into the show today to help you get an idea of how powerful this is. So first up, there was a meta-analysis of studies on loneliness and death rates. And researchers did a lot of studies based on some things that we would consider unhealthy in our lives and found some interesting statistics. First up is that living with air pollution increases your odds of dying early by 5%. Living with obesity by 20%, excessive drinking 30%, and here's the kicker, Living with loneliness increases our odds of dying early by 45%. So more than obesity, more than excess drinking and pollutions and toxins and all these things coming into our body, loneliness increases our odds of dying early by 45%. I mean, I think that study just sums it up. Like that shows how critical our emotional mindset health actually is. So we have to understand, first of all, is that there's this huge mind-body relationship. And this could be one of the most critical dimensions of getting healthy, of answering the question, can we lose weight? Can we think ourselves thin? And I think there's absolutely supportive data to back that up just as much as any other diet on the market. Now, I'm not saying our mindset is its own diet, but maybe it could be. But we're gonna talk today more about this because we can talk all day about what you should be doing, but without the right and healthy mindset, you'll probably never be able to do it, at least not long-term. So again, let's just lay the foundation and really dive into what our mindset, how our mindset is affecting our biology and even our fat cells. So in a study specifically about this, it was done on university students and it was trying to understand how their mindset was specifically affecting hunger hormones and how people crave foods. So in the study, university students were told they were drinking either a luxury decadent milkshake or a fat-free diet milkshake. What they found was that the students who thought they were drinking a decadent shake increased, significantly increased the hormone in their body that tells the brain you're feeling full. So people who thought they were drinking the decadent milkshake actually got full quicker and were more satisfied. Whereas the students who were giving the fat-free diet version, their hunger satisfaction hormone increased just slightly. The decadent milkshake caused more feelings of satisfaction versus the diet, which only increased it 
slightly. But here's the thing. All of the students were giving the, given the exact same drink. But the group that believed they were getting the luxury drink felt fuller where the diet group thought that the slimmer drink meant that they should feel less full. So in other words, their mindset, not the reality and facts of the situation, was the key to how their bodies reacted in both studies. And specifically, they released different amounts of hormones based on their thought patterns. Again, it's similar to the placebo effect. We believe what we think, and that belief has a physiological response in the body. So where do we begin with this? First, we have to make it clear that our genes, which were once to blame for everything, do accompany how our body is working. But what we know about genes is that even though we were born with those genes and we can't change the genes that we were birthed with, we do have the power to influence how they're expressed. And this is the up and coming field called epigenetics. Epigenetics is influenced by the genes environment. So we have these genes that we were born with that we'll never be able to change Yet at the same time, we can change how they're expressed. So we can change what genes are actually going to show themselves in our body, and that's called epigenetics. In many cases, this is through the neuropeptides and hormones and other enzymes that it encounters. So specifically, every cell in our body has DNA, and this DNA is going to express itself differently, which is going to control how that cell acts. So a lot of cancers come from the DNA of cells and, you know, mutations. And we hear a lot about that inflammation and other things. So these genes are the expression of the body. So what we get out of it. Now, we, you know, like when we talk about weight loss, you know, some people believe that, you know, I was just born with bad genes. But the key is, is that, yes, you might have been born with, quote unquote, poor genes, but that doesn't mean those genes have to be expressed. Our gene expression simply comes from the environment in which we place them. And that has to do with the neurotransmitters and hormones and enzymes that these cells encounter on a daily basis. For instance, in 2007, the University of Georgetown Georgetown published research showing the stress and anxiety trigger reaction in the body, which actually creates belly fat growth. So this simple equation shows how this easily happens. When you're feeling stressed, your body releases neurotransmitters called neuropeptide Y, and NPY uploads into the belly fat cells, making them grow. So again, it's not necessarily that your genes are causing the harm, but it's the expression of the genes through these neuropeptides and neurotransmitters, which are simply coming from our thoughts and our emotions. So let's break this down a bit more because it can be really overwhelming. And I think the consensus across most people is that we think thoughts are just things. They don't really have a lot of power. But we know that if we really think about this, we know thoughts have a lot of power. Like if you think yourself sick or you get butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous or you get flushed when you're embarrassing, we can see that our emotions are causing a biological response in the body, but it's often easy to just overthink that and, and not really realize that in the nitty gritty of our mind about how many negative thoughts we tell ourselves and negative things that we're running through our mind and lack of belief and all these things, or even on the flip side, how healthy gratitude can be and how that biologically is having a massive impact on their body. So we're going to break this down a little bit more. But again, the basics are this. Thoughts cause the brain to release neurotransmitters and different neurotransmitters for different thoughts. Fundamentally, neurotransmitters are certain types of hormones made of amino acids located in the brain, which work to transfer information from one neuron to the next neuron. 
They have the ability to control our capability to experience pain and pleasure, movement, and also the emotional response to stimuli. These chemical messengers allow your body to communicate with different neurons and vice versa. So essentially, our emotions release neurotransmitters and neuropeptides, which talk to our body. It communicates to their body what is going on. And for most cases, this is a survival mechanism, right? Like our external environment is communicating with our internal environment. And those are coming from our thoughts. How we're perceiving life is changing the inner workings of our body. These neurotransmitters released by our emotions control almost all of your body functions from hormones to digestions to feelings like joy and regret and anxiety. So again, it's how we view our mindset is the conscious version of how we view our environment. And that's triggering an unconscious internal release of everything that your body needs to do to survive the perceived environment that it's living in. So if your body's perceiving a lot of stress in your environment, you're overworked, things aren't going well in your family, you have bad relationships, all this emotional baggage you're holding on to, your body's gonna perceive that you live in a really stressful time. Now the thing about your body is it doesn't realize is this stressful time because a lion's chasing you or because you're living in a true famine? Like your body internal workings doesn't realize that there's a fast food restaurant on every corner. What it knows is that it perceives stress as a time to conserve, to store, to stockpile energy and fat cells rather than let them go and to release energy in times of freedom or a lack of famine. So you can see how this works with dieting, right? Like once someone goes on to a diet where they're restricting, your body doesn't realize that restriction is not just simply a stress because you really don't have any food. No, even though you have unlimited access to food, your body still senses that there's a famine happening and therefore it will go into storage mode. So you re- you reach that point where you can't lose any more weight. And in fact, your body's going to do everything that it can to get back to the set weight of where you started. And so it's gonna start working against you or seem like the villain in the story because it's packing on pounds as fast as it can to protect you, not realizing that you're trying to make changes to better off. So it goes back to the saying is you can't lose weight to get healthy. You have to get healthy to lose weight. And part of that health has to come from a healthy mindset. So to keep going with this and how it affects our body fat cells and the cell functioning in our epigenetics or how our genes are expressed is this. There are thousands upon thousands of receptors on every single cell in your body. And each receptor is specific to one peptide. Now remember when we have an emotion, it releases these neuropeptides which are amino acids, essentially, that signal in the body. When there's release, they are each carrying a different peptide or a set of amino acids based on the emotion. So whether it's anger or sadness, guilt or excitement, happiness, nervousness, each separate emotion releases its own flurry of neuropeptides. And these peptides surge through the body and connect with those receptors, which change the structure of each cell as a whole. Now, where it gets interesting is when the cells divide. So if a cell has been exposed to a certain peptide more than others, the new cell that is produced through its division will have more of that receptor that matches with that specific peptide. Likewise, the cell will have less receptors for for peptides that its mother cell had, which was not exposed to as often. 
So basically, if you've been bombarding your cells with negative peptides, you've actually then started programming your cells to get more of the same negative peptide in the future. So your body kind of lives in this negative, vicious tailspin, and it can be really difficult to get rid of inflammation and to let go of excess weight and to get rid of pain and all these things that you may suffer with. It's simply because your genes have mutated enough to really rely on those negative emotions. And so naturally, you might become more of a negative person because that's what your cells are used to and that's what they are programmed to respond to. So yes, your thoughts activate your genes. But the good news is, is that just like developing a more common set of receptors, you can kind of revert that, right? If you start, like if you have negative, more negative receptors on your cells to, to grab onto more, to grab onto those negative peptides, if you start changing your mind to be more positive and you have more positive emotions and peptides surging through your system, in time, as your cells divide, you can see your thoughts And your patterns and what you crave change from less negative, like the glass is half empty, to the glass is half full. It can happen, and we're going to talk about that. But if you're still struggling with this, let's think about the placebo effect. Why does it work? It's because of the power of thought, right? We all know about the placebo effect. It's been studied time and time and time again. The placebo effect in itself, they believe, can cure 40% of disease if someone just believes that what they're taking or what they're doing can, in fact, cure whatever ails them. So again, it goes back to the power of how these neuropeptides are released and how they're communicating in the body. Through changing the mindset, which changes the neurotransmitters, we can change the function of the cells. So the main thing that I want you to take out of this is a thought is not only a thing, a thought is a thing that influences other things. Your thoughts are sculpting your brain, which are sculpting your body. So every thought causes neurochemical changes, some temporary, some lasting, but it's whatever flows through your mind consistently is technically how your body's going to conform to that. I mean, technically, when we think about this, it's all an electrical system, right? That's why we're made up of mostly water is because we just have mass amounts of electricity running through our body. So when we think about this is that thoughts are going in and coming out, like it's a constant communication of our body, even most Like most of it, we're unaware of when we go back to talking about the subconscious and unconscious mind, right? So when thoughts travel through your mind, neurons are firing all together in different ways based on the specific information being handled. And those patterns of neuroactivity change your neural structure. So again, your thoughts are programming your cells. So we have to get to a place where we change your mindset to change your body. So how do we get yourselves to do this? Well, there are five positive mental self-care practices that I want to talk about. However, there are many, many more. The first and foremost thing that I really want you to understand is that we have to use our thoughts wisely. They have so much more power than we once believed, which can affect our mental reality every single day. So our thoughts really do have a ton of power. And the thing about our thoughts is that We have a choice over them a lot of times, right? Our unconscious, we might need some work and some therapy and other treatments like Dr. Cooper talked about to really help pull up and let go of the excess baggage that we're carrying around. But at the same time, the consistent thoughts that we're having on a daily basis in our conscious mind, we do have control over them. 
We have control over how we react to situations, how we let other people's emotions affect our emotions. And some people are better off at this than others. I know um, for myself and learning about myself and my personality type that we're going to talk about later is that I like to carry other people's emotions and I really let other people's emotions affect my emotions. So I like to carry the weight of other people and that's really unhealthy because I can't control their emotions like I can control mine. And yes, there's a time and a place. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be sad or angry or upset, but it's what we do with those things. Is it going to be, are we going to let those things be a consistent and constant stress in our life and really pull us down? Are we going to let ourselves feel those things and then move on and remember the more positive things. Like we talked about in in the first mindset series of episode 91, we really talked about the power of choice and how we do have great control over our conscious mind. And that starts with living in the present and being aware of our thoughts. Now there's a free handout that I had over there that kind of helped you walk through what are those thoughts you're having? What are the beliefs about yourself? And how can we start changing those? Because awareness is huge. And having that positivity to back it up is even bigger. Because again, we can change the epigenetics, how our genes are expressed, and therefore maybe prevent endless amounts of disease to feel better than we have, to have more energy, right? Because positive emotions are creating positive energy in the cells. Negative emotions are creating negativity in the cells that conserve, hold on to, be careful, right? Negative energy in the cells. We want more energy. Like, I don't think I've ever met someone who would turn down a little extra energy in their life, right? Why do we take more coffee? Why do we drink more coffee than we ever have before? And it's because we're seeking energy. So positive emotions can provide more energy. They have a higher frequency, which Dr. Cooper talked about in episode number 92. So make sure you go back and listen to those because this might make more sense. We've also had other experts talk about frequency, which is like another aspect of this, but it's all the vibrational frequency of how these are vibrating, right? Um, And that creates the energy. So today I want to talk about five ways that we can have control of our mindset and use it to change to more positive more positive thoughts and influence our mind in a positive way, which influences our entire body in a positive way. Before we go there, I'm just gonna step on my soapbox for one minute because I think if we let go of this idea that we have all these different organ systems, right? Like we have the cardiovascular system and the reproductive system and uh, the respiratory system and the endocrine system. And yes, there are all of these different systems and it's great because people study them more in depth. But at some point we have to step back and realize they're all related. They're all communicating with one another. And if one's off, more than likely multiple systems are off, if not the entire body. So our body, yes, has different systems, but each and every system is working intricately together. That's why you don't usually see just one disease. And if you have just one symptom, generally there's more to follow, right? Like autoimmunity, what they're finding is there's more and more and more, like there's multiple different types of autoimmunity. And if you have one type of cancer, more than likely, and you don't treat it, it's gonna turn into another type of cancer. So everything's intertwined. And that's where this mindset series comes in is looking at the body as a whole and how we can take better control of that and try to make healthier changes just based on how we think. So five ways to practice mental self-care is one, gratitude. This is one of the most studied mindsets 
that we have today. And hands down, gratitude has to be one of the most healing practices that we've ever found related to simply a mindset choice. So gratitude, think about things and writing down and keeping track of what are you blessed by? What are you thankful for? It, it's, it's little things like that that help remind you of the positive things in your life, especially when there are days and times when it feels like all you're living is just survival. You're just trying to keep yourself above the waves. You're trying to just put out fires constantly and it seems like there's nothing positive happening. Gratitude helps bring it back to perspective and say, there's always blessing even in the storm and trying to recount all the little things that add up to big changes in your mind. So gratitude, it's been studied over and over and over. We're gonna do a specific podcast on gratitude coming up, so I'm not gonna dive into this too much, but my encouragement today to start change, seeing change is start a gratitude journal. I'm challenging myself to this because I'm not overly well. I really believe that in time and through my health struggle, I've allowed myself to pick up more of the negative cell programming. Um, and it's easier for me to look at the glasses half empty than half full. And I really want to get to a place where I'm more optimistic about things. I think that that can change. I don't think that's something you're born with. Um, I think that's something that you've, um, you've ingrained over time. So gratitude can help. So starting a journal, five things a day or whatever it is, just leave it beside your bed and recount those ways maybe in the morning or before you go to bed or even both would be better and start to see the change based on that. Number two is know your purpose. In the book by Brené Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection, she writes, belonging is the innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutions for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging can only happen when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. We have to know our purpose. We have to live with self-acceptance because if we don't, if we're constantly living the world of social media and comparing other people's outsides to our insides, we will never add up. We will always be chasing and seeking something that we may never become. We'll be seeking the Pinterest perfect birthday parties and houses and there's so much competition and there's so much need to be the best at everything where we weren't created to be that. Like Dr. Cooper gave last week as her best advice is to seek help. Don't try to do everything. Delegate. Get people to come alongside of you. That is essential in our well-being and our health. I, in my own health journey, I remember sitting in her office and her telling me, as long as you continue doing what you're doing, trying to be everything to everyone, you will kill yourself. And I just thought it was absurd to be truthful. I was like, what are you talking about? I have to do this. But at the end of the day, the truth and the reality of the matter is, is that we don't. And we weren't intended to do that. We can do what we do well and let other people do what they do well. To let go of the need to be everything to everyone. And that frees up so much space to just be and to know your purpose. And to do this, it takes knowing who you are and what you want and what you stand for. Like we talked about in episode 91, the power of choice comes from and change really happens when we place an emotion on what we want to change. Like we aren't driven or motivated by a goal. Like that in itself is not motivating to us. 
all humans are driven by emotions. Here's why. Because our emotions equate to our biology. They equate to our health. Our body works based off our emotional state. It doesn't work based off of a goal. Like our body doesn't really care that you drank your half your body weight in ounces for the day, right? What it cares for is that you feel good, that you're joyful, that you're excited, that you live with purpose and passion. That's what we were designed for. Not to reach some goal that your body doesn't need to reach. Like it's more than adequate to keep you healthy, but it's based driven on your emotions. So knowing your purpose helps create those positive emotions equating to change. Number three is to own your habits. I keep bringing this up, but we have choice. We have a choice in what goes on our fork, how you move, if you move, and it's developed like a muscle. So choice isn't always easy. And yes, you might realize, yes, I have a choice, but sometimes that choice is hard, right? Like that cake, looks so good. And it's not to say that you can't have that cake, but I think we need to make that choice with the right mindset, not the mindset of, oh, this is going to end my diet and I'm going to fail because of this and having all the feelings of guilt and shame. No, it's making that choice to say like, I can indulge in this and I can enjoy this when I want to, because that's what I, that's what makes me happy. So it's the emotion behind what you do, not necessarily what the thing is that you're you're doing, not necessarily what the thing is or the food is that you're eating. Now, here's the thing about choosing our habits and the power of choice is, quote unquote, like willpower, it's a muscle. So we kind of have to train this. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So just look at your life and something you can do today is choose one small thing to master. So just looking at one small habit or one small thing that you would really like and creating a positive mindset around it, positive emotions with that, then master it and just keep going. Once you start to get the hang of just a different view of healthy lifestyles and healthy livings and you start to master one small thing, it's really a snowball effect of it just picks up and picks up and picks up because that that right mindset just surges throughout your body and that changes your cravings and how you view life. So own your habits, know that there's power and choice, take control of them and choose one small thing a day um, really makes a huge difference. Number four is to live in the present. Again, such a hard one for me. As you can see, I'm working on this mindset with you, but live in the present. This is where change happens. It's not gonna happen in the future. It didn't happen in the past. Those things, yes, have mattered, right? Like our past has accounted to for where we are today, and our future might be where we want to get, but the only way to get there is to live right here, right now, and to make the choices every single day. So I think we need to have a great balance of living in the future less and trying to stay present more to really be aware of where you are. And I think gratitude helps us to be more aware and more present right here, but our present is where our emotions are, and those emotions, again, are going to create the change that we need and the positivity that we need to continue making healthy choices. And number five is to find your tribe. Now, here's the thing, is when we go back to the quote about loneliness, people who claimed that they were lonely had a 45% increase and an early death rate, like astronomical. So I think there's something really powerful about relationships and not just relationships with other people, but your relationship with God and your faith to support that. Now, I've had some people give me some heat about this isn't on the religion category of iTunes and this is a health podcast, but here's the thing. So many people have been talking about health for so long. We talk about what we eat and how we exercise, but at the end of the day, 
Are we really any more healthy as a nation than we were 20 years ago, 40 years ago, before all this stuff started? No, really, at the end of the day, we might be in a worse place with less hope and and more negative thoughts and feelings. I mean, I feel like every time we turn on the news, not to be so down about this or morbid, but there's another suicide or or mental health is really taking a turn for the worse. Now, and maybe it just comes back to the point of we have no foundation of hope. We have no foundation of faith and belief in something greater, which gives us purpose to live for something more, right? And that's where finding your tribe being in relationship with other people that are healthy and being in relationship with God, first and foremost, I believe is the most critical component of living a healthy life. And I think something that we need to take more seriously. And I think something that we all need to start looking at in our own own life is kind of going on that inward journey because I think the inward journey is going to showcase what you've been trying to journey through in your outward appearance. So take some time to ponder that, to look at the relationships in your life. Again, another subject we're going to dive into coming up with an expert who's actually going to dive into this with us. But even looking at your relationship status with your spouse or with your kids or with your best friends and and, and seeing, are those toxic? Are those harming me? And how could I better those? I've heard quotes like, you're only as healthy as your spouse as your relationship with your spouse, which again is so true because if you have a really negative, that trust me, there's no perfect relationship out there. My husband and I have a fair share of problems that we've sorted through since we've been married. It's been a journey and a process, but we're working on it. And I think that's the most important thing. But here's the thing. There's nothing worse than being in an argument with the spouse. Like, do you not feel that through everything, single thing that you do throughout the day? It's having a constant impact until it's dealt with. So if you're in toxic relationships, it's by all means having an influence in your body. The same goes if you have no spiritual foundation, if if you have no hope in something greater, in eternal life, in a savior, in Jesus, it's going to be hard to find hope even in the trials of life. And there will be trials. There always is. And so finding your tribe and living for that. So those are my five tips. One is gratitude. Two is know your purpose. Three is own your habits. Four is live in the moment or live in the present. And number five is find your tribe and develop deep relationships. As Ellen Langer, researcher and author, suggests that if the mind is in a truly healthy place, the body will be too. So we can change our physical health by changing our mindset. It is that powerful. You guys, I'm so pumped up about this series. You can probably hear it in my voice because when I look at health, I think it's a foundational component that we've missed. And it's so vital. So may we be the generation to start this revival in health of bringing our minds back into a healthy place that's just going to radiate out of us in all areas of our life. So I hope that podcast gave you a better understanding of how powerful the emotions are. Make sure you go back and listen to episode 91 on the power of choice and our subconscious, unconscious, and conscious mind and how that all works together. Last week with Dr. Cooper, as we talked more about the biological component of emotions. And this week, I hope that you learned how to start implementing some of this into your life to start seeing changes today. Next week, we're back with another guest interview. I'm so excited to talk about it. We're going to break down personality types and Enneagram and why this is important. It's not the end all be all, but I think that there's something on going on a self journey and inner journey of finding yourself and knowing who you are and what you stand for. So next week, we're going to dive into that and how that's impacting your health. Also, how knowing your personality type, your Enneagram and how you work and how you are created can impact how you do health, right? Like if you're not in 
If you're not a planner, you're probably never gonna meal plan. So how can you use what you're good at and create healthy habits based on that? So we're gonna dive into that next week. In the meantime, don't forget to head to the show notes, simplerootswellness.com backslash 093 to learn more about the show. Sign up for my email list. New challenges are coming out every single Monday. You are totally rocking those. So I hope you're following along. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alexis Sherm and Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness. I'm releasing some new Facebook Lives. Maybe gonna test out that Instagram TV. I don't know, like one more thing, right? Anyways, follow me along there and don't forget to leave a rating and review at simplerootswellness.com backslash review or find me on iTunes at Simple Roots Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here, for joining me and being a part of this tribe, the tribe that I need and rely on to live a healthy and nourishing life. And I'm so thankful and encouraged that you're here. So stay tuned, I'll be back next week with a brand new podcast. Until then, have a great week.